You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Berto here? And Berto, we're back with episode two of our application. Uh, mm-hmm. You got anything mm-hmm. before I jump right into the questions? Oh, uh, no, no. I was uh, I was just thinking about uh, these questions right here, man. And, I, and, and I'm going to I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to try to be thorough, man, but I don't want it to be like some deep and dark and heavy kind of episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to kind of give the information with these because it's, it's a little more personal. But um, yeah, so, you know, that way it doesn't doesn't seem too too damp. Um, one thing I can think of right off the head. Um, did you have you checked reviews? Have we received a tenth review yet? Are we? We got no. We're at eight. We're at eight. We just eight? got another review, so we're at eight. Yeah. So once okay. we get to ten, you know, like I said, I'll take I'll take the time to at least you know to read them, acknowledge the people, and and uh, maybe some people will be surprised out there. But not every review is a good review. I you know, know what I'm saying. Why I'm, that's why I'm looking <laughs> forward to the episode, actually. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, review counts. That means they listen. You know, so. I appreciate it either way, you know? Yep. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I will kick her off with the first question. And the first question that we're starting off with today is, are you okay with leaving your children without a father for their lives? Yeah, that's, man, that's sick. See how that just started off the whole, we just, we got right into dark mode right away, right? Like, I feel like we should have maybe warmed up with something else, (laughs) a toss-up question or something. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, this is pretty self-explanatory, right? Like, you know, I know firsthand what this is like, you know, when when I got indicted, uh, my youngest son was barely two months, you know, and then gone for 15 years, so he was raised without me. And then even my older son, obviously, he was only three and 15 years and I got out and he's an adult. So, yeah, so this is this is a it's a really really thing that hits home for me. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that even if they didn't do a straight stretch, you know, I know guys that did two out for a couple months, did four out for a couple, you know, that's the same thing. It's the same thing as doing a long stretch. So, you know what I mean, those guys are they know what that's like of never really being in their children's lives. You know, obviously that that in itself is 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 um it's really powerful on so many different levels because it's not just okay you don't you're not with your kids right which is the number one so <clears throat> obviously you lose out in that relationship you know and um it's hard it's hard as a parent you know because you always love your kids you know like you created them you know you always love them but they might not always love you that's important because they might not know you and sometimes obviously the burden is on you to maybe to get to know them, but everybody's situation is different, you know, and I think everybody can kind of read through the lines with my situation and, and kind of how my dynamic is set up and it's not easy. So yeah, man, that's a real thing though. Are, you know, are you okay with leaving your children without a father for their lives? Because that's, that's, uh, that's something that has a, a, another ripple effect, right? And it's not just about the relationship that you're destroying by not being there. It's also about the kind of human that's being created because, I mean, the percentage of males that are incarcerated, that are raised without a father is really high, you know? And so, you know, that dynamic comes into play. You know, obviously me being from, you know, street and having it and having kids, right? You know, there's, there's obviously an element 
I'm, I'm saying hypothetically, if I would have never got locked up, there's an element to that that I would have raised my kids with, and they would have had that element no matter what. But but they would have been different because they would have I would have been a part of their lives, you know. And I know that I know that you know. And not saying that they're not good now or they would have been better. I'm just saying they would have been different. And mm-hmm. and that's a that's a that's a proven fact, right? So yeah, man, it, it has a um, just a, a a really really big reach when it comes to what happens when the when the father leaves you know as far as prison or death because you know that's that could be a part of that question as well you know leaving your kids without a father doesn't matter how you leave and you're leaving them i'm curious if you have anything to comment about so like you described i i believe even in the last episode about how your you and your father's relationship was never good but at least he was there can you talk a little bit about the different, like, because I could see a lot of people looking at this and saying, "Well, you know, I grew up in a broken family, and my father was never around. There's no difference between me being in prison and me and me having a father not in prison, but he's just not there." But do you think yeah. there's a, there's a big effect between those two different things, or do you think it's a similar situation? So first, like, it wasn't that me and my father never seen eye to eye. Me and my father never seen eye to eye on the gang shit, you know, but my dad was my hero, you know, and um, like, I love my father, man. Like, that was my, that was my rock, you know, but to kind of piggyback onto that, um, obviously the kind of father he is made me the kind of man that I became, right? Like, I seen a lot of things that he was doing and even though he was telling me, you know, to do otherwise, you want to emulate what you see, not what you hear sometimes, you know? And, um, and so that was kind of my effect. I didn't really, I didn't really, what was it? Can you explain the last part of your question? I didn't really understand that, that part. Well, just, just, do you think, and I think you kind of already answered it. Do you think that there's a difference, like, like having a less than stellar relationship with your father and just not really knowing your father, what kind of an effect oh, okay. does yeah, that yeah. have on a kid? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, so basically to have him a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does have an effect. Um, and let me give you an example. This is a prime example, right? And this is close. This is close to home for me. Like my brother and and his daughter are really really close, and they've been really really close her whole life. And he's been gone as long as I have. You know, he was just in a fortunate situation where. You know, he had a good relationship with the with you know his daughter's mother, and and they were able to communicate even through the chaotic life that is the criminal justice system, right? So, um, yeah, so uh, also helped mold mold her into the person she is now, you know, and um, obviously she she has a good relationship with my brother, you know, through effort that they both put in, but so yeah, that little bit helps because if my if my let's say my brother's not there, I mean it's not that. It's not that my niece would have been some crazy animal in the streets, but it just it makes a difference, man. It just does when the father's there and when the father has his hand and and you being raised, it it has a a, a strong impact. Um, and that's that you know, good or bad. You know, I'll say it that way. It has a strong impact, good or bad. So um, definitely, definitely, no matter what, it's always better to have something. It's better than nothing, you know. Yeah, and and I think. In it, just about any situation, I don't think any child can ever look and say that my father hasn't had, had an effect on my life. And obviously, you don't know your father or, well, I mean, I guess the one situation is when you don't know your father or your father is not around. But if you have a father around, 
whether that relationship is strong or not, you're going to have something is going to come from that relationship because it's just too tight of a relationship for it not to have. All right. Are you ready for the, for the next question? Yes. Yes. So the next question kind of is very similar to the previous question, but it kind of flips it. So now are you okay with never having a true relationship with your parent or with your children? Yeah. So, um, so like with the first question, you know, I held back a little bit because I think that I had this this question right here in my sights because it's it's uh you know, they correlate, right? Like if you don't have a relationship and then you're you suddenly try to interject yourself into your kid's life after you know, years of not being there, that's a challenge. And um <clears throat> so never having a true relationship is something that I struggle with mentally, you know, because um, one, you can never really prove one way or the other if a relationship really is true. You can only kind of feel it. But the problem and the hurdles that I face, obviously, you know, with my situation and distance is, is also that, you know, the the writing's on the wall, man. You know, uh, my I, it's it's no secret that, you know, the mother of my kids, her family were, were all in the clique. And so... Um, you know, that dynamic gets, it gets hairy, you know, it gets, it gets a little sticky. And I understand that, like, obviously probably throughout their childhood or growing up, they may have heard things about me that weren't always in the great, you know, in the greatest light. And over time that has an effect on a kid, you know, and um, obviously I wasn't in their lives when I was in prison, you know, my situation didn't allow it to be like that. And, and obviously even, even if I made the efforts, they were never, reciprocated. So yeah, man, that's, that's the, that's the problem that you're going to face, you know, as a man is you, you think, okay, is this real? Is it true? Is it, you know, are you, are you allowing yourself to be vulnerable? And it's, it's, it's a, it's a one ended affair kind of thing, you know? So I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, man, you know, that, that been away, that been done doing a lot of prison time is, is because not everybody has the opportunity to be in their kid's life while they're in prison. So when you get out and it's, it's like, uh, it's all new, you know, these are, you know, my, my kids were basically young men, you know, they were already, um, privy to the information that's going on in the street. They were already privy to, to street style living. So, you know, they're not strangers. Everybody's element is different, right? Everybody's dynamic is different when it comes to their situation, but, but mine is pretty clear cut. So, um, I don't know how many people can really relate to that with me personally, but I'm sure a bunch of people can relate to, you know, having that, that issue of, of, of not being able to trust if something is really real, you know, for somebody who has laid it out there, right. And been, and been a part of an organization that I thought was my end all be all and, and invested my trust and everything into it. Obviously I have trauma, you know, like, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that post-traumatic stress disorder sort of thing, you know, like you, you kind of always have walls up now because you, you think everything is, is a sham, you know? So that's a, that's a really, really, a really, really touchy one for me, bro. You know? And, um, I don't know if, if you can relate to something like that, you know, to where you get your trust broken and then, you know, you, you worry about moving forward with any other relationship and you never know if it's really, how you feel it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I can say I understand it, but I probably don't really understand it because I don't have a, haven't 
example of that ever in my life, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I guess. So one of the questions I have for this one is, so obviously with your kids, you want to have the best relationship you can now. I mean, what's done is done and you want to try to fix the relationship as best you can. Do you think you can ever have the relationship with them that you would have had had you never gone to prison or is it at at this point in time it's just trying to make the best of the situation that you can yeah yeah i think um i can i think you can never make something authentic that isn't you know so like you can't i can't sit here and imagine what the relationship would have been like you know had i had i been out you know like that's that's not a realistic hypothetical because the type of men, young men they would have been, would have been different too. So it's just, it's, it's way too many, there's way too many moving parts there. You know, I think, I think like with my, my personal relationships with, with my, with my kids, bro, it's really, it's, it really comes down to sometimes too, like just, just lack of, of understanding within each other. You know, if anybody, if any is, if anybody is going to be hard headed as I am, it's probably going to be my offspring. Mm. Um, so pride is a real thing and you know people that that uh you bump heads man when you have when you have strong personalities you bump heads and 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 nobody's really willing to move off of their stance and so the fact that I don't have familiarity with my kids because of my own mistakes that I made in my life it's a challenge bro it's hard you know it's hard to accept um and then and then you deal with the you deal with the odd things that come along with it when you try to reestablish a relationship. You know, you don't know what is if somebody's trying to take advantage of you. You don't know if it's if something's authentic. You don't know if if you're not given enough. If you're given too much, you know, and all these things are just a result of decision of you know decisions that you made. You know, so that trauma comes from the decisions you made, and and. Uh, I think that's the bigger point, right? Like aside from my own personal stories and my own personal struggles and, and the things that I'm going through, it's about the bigger decision, which is when you don't put yourself in a situation to be away from your kids by being in the street, obviously you, you'll have a chance, you know, you know, at least you'll have a chance to have a say in how they're raised and, and uh, the, the people that they, the humans they become, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's 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 kind of the gist of that one right there, bro. I think I'll ask one more question on this. I don't want to go too deep okay. into the weeds on this because I think there may be a future episode about your kids specifically. So I don't want to go too much, but when I would assume that when you were getting out of when when it was coming to that date and you were getting out of prison, one of the first probably one of the most important things for you to do was to be able to see your kids again. And can you talk a little bit about was essentially to your kids, you were probably a stranger. Can you talk Mm. a little bit about like how hard that was to have the first contact and just see how like distant they really were from you? Yeah. So, um, like I said, man, my, my relationship with them throughout my time in prison was uh, spotty at best, you know, and I would have 
portions of my life where they might be around for a month or two and, you know, or I'll get a visit, you know, maybe once in a while, you know, every few years or something. And, and, um, so our relationship was never really, it was never really building, you know, it was kind of just stagnant with where it was at. And and when I got to see them, <clears throat> they were just bigger, you know, and, um, I didn't really know them. So especially with my youngest son, man, um, I think he, uh, he took exception to the fact that I knew my older son, you know, in, in the sense that, um, you know, he, he, my older son, he was really, really young, but, but he could see me and know it was me, you know? And so I think my, my younger son might've took some exception to that, bro. And he f- didn't feel like I cared about him as much, which was, wasn't the truth. And so he kind of, you know, as he got older, obviously, like I said, man, the streets talk and, and I felt like he got to a point where he disowned me in, in, in his own way. Um, you know, fairly so being that the environment he was raised in and the people he was around, I, I wasn't accepted into that. And so I, I, I understood it. I didn't, obviously it hurt. And so when I was getting out of prison, man, I didn't really have solid contact with my kids. I, I had, um, it was, it, it'd be brief and, and, um, it'd be, you know, far in between, but, but I definitely had the intentions to at least try to rebuild some sort of relationship. It's never going to be what it would have been, you know? And, um, and then, like I said, all the other things come into play because you just hope that, you know, you, you, you're hoping that it, it, uh, you're hoping that it manufactures into something that in your head, you see it like, you know, if that makes sense. And <clears throat> so I remember getting out, man. And and yeah, there's an array of emotions, you know, obviously I wasn't going back to Milwaukee and, and, um, that dynamic was going to be hard to deal with because obviously my kids are in Milwaukee, you know, and, and it's not like I'm getting out of jail and prison and I got a bunch of money and I can, you know, take trips and and all that. And so I knew that was going to already automatically going to create, um, obstacles. It was going to create a major obstacle. And so, um, you know, I did make that call to them when I got out and my youngest son didn't really believe it. And, you know, I didn't really believe how FaceTime worked at the time because I was still shocked. But but anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I felt like there was a little bit of a spark there, bro, you know, and, and um, it made me happy to to be able to talk to them. And I felt like even though my younger son had basically not wanted much to do with me, he was he was talking to me. He was willing to talk to me. And so, um, yeah, man, we 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 did our best to try to make things better, but the expectations that they had of me, um, didn't line up with reality, you know, in, in, and that's just, that's just the truth. You know, my situation didn't allow, um, for, for their expectations to be met. And, and, and I, you know, me being away for so long, I felt like they were, they were a little unfair as well. And so, yeah, naturally, man, I'm the bad guy. And the reality is they're both grown now. They are a product of a fatherless home, you know, and that's my fault because I chose everything else over them, meaning gang wise. So, you know, I think that's the that's the that's a major point, right? That we always try to reemphasize is uh real stories, real consequences. Which end of it are you on at this point in your life? You know, some people are already on, the, some people are already on, on the side that I'm on, you know, 
And uh, those are usually the ones that that uh, that take the time to listen to what I'm talking about, you know, and they agree with it. You know, to get them over to that side, though, is usually it's usually the hard part, you know, because it takes it takes you to get burnt from the stove. You know, you have to keep touching it until you realize that it's hot. So that's what I got, bro, on that on that uh that question you gave me. Now, now that we've gotten through the really, really heavy questions, do you think there's anybody out here that is listening to this podcast that's like, yeah, I want, I, I still think that a gang would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think that I these, not. these, uh, these, that's why I said these questions. Yeah, no, I, I think a hundred percent. I'm in agreement with you, but I think that's why these questions are 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 so important, right? Because we got so deep into the questions, it, it felt like we separated from the actual um, concept of the application, but that's really what it takes. Like these conversations, these questions, that's really what it would take for somebody to even think about not wanting to be a part of this, because that's the kind of depth that this illusion of a gang life brings, you know? And so, yeah, it takes them deep questions, you know, and them deep answers and them deep things that people go through in order for someone to actually see and maybe make a change. Yeah. And this next question, while I, I don't think this is as heavy as, as the previous questions, I also do think as as a younger person, this is going to be something that would re- really resonate with somebody as why this maybe isn't the best thing in the world. So the next question is, are you okay with members of your organization trying to have a relationship and or having sex with your girlfriend, wife, or child's mother? Yeah, that's a deep one, man. That's And that's like a... um. That would be a make or break for a lot of guys, you know, because um, maybe not guys that come in single, right? Because the guys that come into the cliques and they're single, like, you know, it's all about the, you know, the bros over hoes, right? And all that nonsense. But but then once um, they find somebody who's special, I knew it was coming. You did pretty good, though. I didn't hear a dog at all. So, so. All right. <clears throat> yeah, so... Yeah. So like I said, man, when, you know, when guys find somebody that they really, really care about, they usually change, man. Um, I've seen it had, I've seen it happen in a few guys that were around us that you didn't think um, would really care to be in a relationship. And, and I guess maybe those are the guys that are affected the most, you know, um, to be fair, like they're not, they're not really um, guys that are playing the field, so to speak, you know, they just find somebody and they kind of, they latch on to them. And so, this question right here, bro, it's it's a uh, it's a real thing, right? Because it's the ultimate betrayal if you think about it. You know, when it comes to your brotherhood, mm-hmm. like you're you're basically taking something of your of your brothers, quote unquote brothers, that's sacred to them. You know, and um, <clears throat> you're destroying that that uh, that innocence and. Um, yeah, no, man, that's that, that. That's why I feel like this one right here is is deeper than what it just seems like on the surface, because in the neighborhood, it just seems like everything is fair, you know. And um, you know, it's basically if if it's harsh to say, but this is a this is a R rated show, so I'll say it, you know. But the, the saying is, you know, if 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 you fucked my girl, then that ain't my girl no more. The show girl, you know, and. Um, but that's the kind of mindset that guys try to carry. It, deep down, though, it hurts. Deep down, that destroys relationships. It, it changes how people feel about the clique in general. And, um, you know, 
like I said, man, I never point fingers at people without taking my own accountability. So I've been on the wrong end of this and I've been on the other end of it. You know, I've seen, I've I've been on both sides of it. So I know the, I know the, the fallout from it. And I know, you know, I know how it feels to, for it to be done to me. So, um, you know, this question right here, like I said, bro, if you, if you bring that up, man, to a lot of guys, I guarantee you, it's going to push them in a situation. It's going to push them in, in a direction that's going to make them at least pause and think, mm. because this is something that nobody ever brings up. And maybe it's not as relevant, you know, when you got a bunch of teenage kids that are 13, 14, 15, right? Maybe they don't really care. But I think once you start getting into the 16, 17 year olds, guys that are men, guys that have wives, um, that changes everything, you know, um, because you know, I've 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 been in these circles, bro. Guys are dogs. You know, that's just the way it goes, man. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's a it's a crazy thing to think about, bro. But I promise you that one. If I if if I had the opportunity, I'd probably push that to the top of the list. You know, because I feel like it would it would change a lot of guys. It it would change a lot of guys' perception of the guys that they're around. Anyway, you know, you're looking at somebody, you throwing up the crown with them, you putting it to your heart. You know, I'll die for you. But I'll also sleep with your girl if I get the chance. You know, like it's it don't it don't it don't match up, bro. Right. And I, I really like this question because I feel like this question, while some of the other questions, as adults we look at, at these questions and think, oh yeah, this is something that we, that we would never want to happen. But it because it has to do with your you know, having kids and things like that, for a younger person getting into a gang that's kind of a far off way thing for them to be thinking about. So they might gloss over that, but this question hits home to just about anybody because I don't care how old you are, who you are. If you're in a relationship and you care about that other person and you also have a friend, you never want your friend to be sleeping with your girlfriend. It's just that never goes over. Well, nobody just, well, Maybe some people shake it off, but for the most part, I think even if you're totally cool about it, there's still a little bit of hostility in there. So yeah, I think that I, question I, I, really hits home for anybody at any age. And I yeah, hundred percent. And I and and I'll disagree with you. I don't. Nobody is going to be okay with that, bro. Like nobody's going to be yeah. unless it, unless it's like somebody that they're not really claiming as their own. You know, in that case, then she's just fair game for anybody or whatever the case is. But but if it's somebody that they're with, no, nah, nobody is shaking that off, bro. It not not you might shake it off in the in the you know on the outside, right? Because you gotta you gotta put off this strong core. But internally, it's gonna it's gonna rework some things for you, bro. Internally, it's gonna make you uh, cold, you know. And um, like I said, man, you know, I I'm I, I was a victim, you know, but I was also I was also the one on the other side of it too, and so. You know, I, I know both. I know more both. I know most both hurts that that it that inflicts and and um and it and it it ripples out throughout your relationship. Like that's why that's why I did it in that sequence, right? Girlfriend, you know, child's mother and wife, because it's like, yeah, you might be what you might be okay. You know, you might you might not hurt you as much with your girlfriend. It's not going to feel like that with your child's mother. You know, yeah. and it's not going to feel like that with your wife. You know, guys will guys will kill over their women, bro. You know, there, there might be, this is, this is going to sound crazy, but there might not be guys that'll kill over their gang. They might not be willing to kill over their gang, but they'll kill over the girl. And, um, you know, this, this element, it brings a whole different, um, it brings a whole different kind of 
like you know like a way to to really destroy like a relationship you know like you said man you're talking about and and to be fair right like this has never happened like between me and Tudor or me and Tim or you know what I'm saying like one like my close close guys you know um it's never happened but it's not fair to to say that somebody else's feelings aren't as aren't as equally as important you know um right. especially and, if they're around a click and and i mean you are supposed to be like very tight with every obviously in when you're in the latin kings you have closer gang <laughs> friends than others but you are supposed to be pretty tight with everybody so this should be something that never happens, but unfortunately it happens all the time. Right. Should be tight or should be the one um, setting the example, you know, mm-hmm. because obviously your actions is what is what counts. You know, the, the you know, the empty words, they don't help. Do you, do you have any stories that you can tell of, like, was it a common thing to see, like, maybe there was a person that nobody knew this person had a girlfriend and it just kind of surfaced one day that, that they did have a girlfriend that they might've just been kind of like, well, I haven't been telling anybody about this because like, I don't want this very thing to happen to me. Oh, for sure. There was guys that never brought their girls around. So there was a level of, yeah, there was a level of discretion. You know, some guys would just never bring their girls around. Some guys were confident enough to bring their girls around and be like, you know what, like it's it'll never happen to me. Or you know, um, some guys wouldn't. Uh, you know, they'd be a little bit of both. But yeah, there's usually the guys that didn't bring their girls around um, were like in longer, longer standing relationships. Um, or yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe they seen the maybe they seen the toxic stuff that was going on you know and they and they just didn't want to bring them around but but yeah you know like with that bro like i got i got stories about like how um things happen between guys and and like i'll give you a couple incidences that um affected relationships but you know i won't put i'll try not to put you know anybody's personal personal business out there but like as far because our relationships are different, you know that that element is a little different. So we had we had a guy right, and you tell me you be the you be the uh, you be the judge here about about uh, whether this is a right or a wrong one, right? And I'll try to tell it as unbiased as I can. Um, so so we had like two we had two brothers right, and and one of the brothers was talking to this girl, and he ends up going to prison, and then while he was in prison, like he was he was getting support from this girl you know, and she was looking out for him. And then the brother in prison, he seen another opportunity in a different female. And so he kind of like shunned the first female and was like, I'm through with you. I got this other one. Right. Which is a crazy concept in itself. But, um, but so that's, that's kind of what happened. But so, so when that happened, the other brother that was out, right. He's just another brother. He starts talking to the the first girl, you know, that the guy in prison kind of pushed away. And he ends up sleeping with her, right? So, I mean, the question to you there is, is that over the line? Is that crossing boundaries? I can see the person in prison getting upset about it, but is it crossing over lines? No, I don't think so because, you know, you pushed her away. I mean, what is she supposed to do? She can't go near anybody that... (laughs) That you know <laughs> because you right. put because you were once with him. So right. 
Yeah, good answer because the the second guy is is a close friend of mine. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, so the first the guy in prison took exception to it, bro. And um, when he got out, he actually like tried to um, well, he didn't try to, he did. He 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 punched, you know, he punched his other brother, and and um, and uh, he ended up getting reprimanded for it. But it was over her, and and obviously the point was to him, like, bro, you weren't even with her. Like, you can't claim something that you gave up, you know? And, but that's a small example, right? Because it wasn't like that was his, his kid's mom or like his girl, girl, you know, it was just, there was someone he was with, you know, they were together. And, um, to her credit, she was holding him down, you know, she was there for him, but, but it, but I guess he didn't feel strongly, you know? So, um, that, that's the situation. Um, and then you, I had a situation where, okay, two guys, right? One's an older brother, one's a younger one under a recruit. And um, the older one ends up sleeping with the younger one's uh, girl at a party, you know, and, you know, the older one had had rank. And so the younger one really couldn't do anything. You know, um, he just kind of had to take it on the chin and and that affected their relationship. And so, you know, is that is that one that one's crossing the line, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that was, definitely crossing. Yeah. The line. Just, and then it's basically like, you know, yeah, using your power to to basically be like, hey, nothing can happen from here. So, so listen, it happens, bro. It happens so many times. I mean, ironically. So, so now in the second, I'm guessing in the second example, the person that slept with the guy's girlfriend was not reprimanded at all for that because he could no. have rank. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, 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 not too that's much. totally backwards, man. <laughs> that, yeah. that is not yeah. the way that should have played out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing happened to him. You know, and and for the most part, bro, like guys really have no remorse about it. You know, and that's that. I think that's a testament to really how um, true those relationships were between those two people. You know, because it, we talk about having a level playing field, right? And you're supposed to feel um, the same way about everybody. You know, not just certain people, but we know that's not true, right? Like I had my favorites. Right. There's mm-hmm. no, there's there's no denying that, and so it just is a testament to that even thicker, you know, as, as far as, you know, what it represents, like you're willing to do that to somebody in the click, you know, had that been like somebody you're probably a little bit closer to, you wouldn't be willing to do that. But it just goes to show how, how lopsided it is, right? Like those are the things we talk about, the little hypocrisy and nuances that are overlooked every day, you know, because this guy's the Inca or, or whatever, you know, or this guy's family is this or that, you know? So. Yeah. I I um, think a really, a really good way of saying it is, is that, yeah, you might like one guy better than the other, but you're supposed to respect everybody. And your second example of there, the one guy clearly did not respect the other guy. You know, yep, yep. Because if you had any respect for him, you wouldn't have done that. So, All right. And this one, the last one, I'll tell, I'll give you this one. Right, is um, you know, this one was like a little bit shocking to me because I, the 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 brother involved, man, he was like a really good dude. Like I never seen this coming. You know, this this king had passed away and and then the other brother ended up like being with his widow, you know, like and like relatively quickly, though, you know, like almost almost using her her grieving, I guess, to to kind of be there and, and, and work on. I don't know, man, it was it was really it was really hard for me to to see that because I liked it. And I feel like that was too far, bro. Like, I understand he passed. He's not around. But like, it was just it was so fresh. That was another one who I feel like he was, I think he, I'm pretty sure he was exed, but it wasn't like he was, you know, like V'd out or anything. He was just kind of 
everybody just shunned him, you know, and he wasn't welcome around anymore kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that one? That one is a tough one because that one, it all depends on the, because I go to two different scenarios in that situation. They were already together before he passed and just nobody knew about it. And they just came mm. out right when, after he passed. The other one though is, is that if they kind of leaned on each other for support going through the death of this person, right? then, and, and they just happen to fall in love. I, to me, that's not, I, that's not wrong. It's not malicious. Know? Yeah. And I guess, I guess if he in turn, you know, is, is a, is a father to, to the kids that, that were left behind, you know, um, I think that also adds a little bit to it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's exceptions, but it's weird how the dynamics are different in every kind of instance, right? Like I've seen, you know, one night stands that destroy friendships and, and that's just the reality, bro. Like, because that's a, that's an element that's sacred, man. You know, it's like, uh, it's something that's, that, that, that you, that you have for yourself, you know, and you, you're not, it's the one thing you're not supposed to be sharing with the, with the nation is, is, <laughs> is your girl, man. And, um, unfortunately that doesn't always hold true. All right. So are we ready for the final question? All right. Let's see what we got. The final question is, are you okay with <clears throat> growing old, dying in, in prison and potentially never having freedom again? So that's kind of the one that just sticks the knife in and twists it until it gives it all to you right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, because um that's a that's a reality, you know. You know, some of the some of the most uh I guess like impactful words that I I've been given, you know, in my life have been from people who have done long long you know, year, uh you know, bouts of prison time, people that are never going home you know, and they've, they've become content with that fact. Uh, them are some of the most, um, man, deep minds that you're going to run into because you can imagine the kind of thoughts that go through their head, you know, to be, to, to sit somewhere and think, man, I'm never going to go home again. Like I'm going to die in a place like this, no matter where it is, I'm going to die in a place like this. You know, I'll never be free again. That's, that's the depth behind that is something that even if you try to grasp, you'll never be able to really hold. You know, like that's something that you can't, you can't replicate, bro. You, there's no feeling like looking on your, your progress report and seeing a release date that says life, you know, that's a, that's a hundred percent, a real, real reality, man. And, um, I remember I had this dude, right. This is why, this is why I brought that up. I'll never forget. It was this white dude. I think he was like a part of like some, some faction of the AB, maybe like a little spinoff. And he told me one day he was just joking, you know, he was just joking and I was like, man, Groundhog's Day in this in this place, man. You know, because it is like it, the the monotony of it is 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 basic. You do the same thing every day. And I remember he 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 told me, yeah, man. He said, uh, and it's kind of like it made me like feel bad uh, for for being like almost insensitive. But he goes, just at least you got. A, he's like, at least you got an outdate, man. He said, I just feel like I'm I'm cattle. He's like, I feel like I'm I'm just cattle, just being just being uh, just being farmed to die. He was like, you know, they, they, they ring an alarm and, and call me to go eat, and we just get in line and moo. He was like, you know, he was like, I'm, <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm just a cattle waiting to get slaughtered, you know. And that, that kind of blew my head off, you know. Like I was like, man, I can't fathom that, you know, like that thought process. Like he basically just came content, and I mean, but you have to though, you know, because um, 
hope is a dangerous thing. We talked about that before. What I was going to ask was, um, going in, did you pretty much know at some point in time you would be getting out? There was never a thought that you might end up in prison for life, correct? <clears throat> yeah, no. Well, in the pretrial process, you're not, you, you have no idea what you're going to get. Even when you accept a plea, I didn't, I didn't accept a plea. Like in the state, you accept a plea for 20 years or something. Like it wasn't like that in the feds. In the feds, I had a guideline range. Um, I was in, I was in uh, criminal history category uh, three because they, they used my juvenile criminal history against me. And so anyways, I ended up being like, it was like so many months. It's like a, basically like 30 years and months to, to life. And um, so you have no idea, bro. You're, you're, you're at the mercy of the court. Now going into prison, I knew I had an outdate because I was sentenced to 19 years, two months. But you know that's not that's not what my brother went through. That's not what Toot went through. Um. So, so just kind of try to imagine when you were in prison, if you didn't have that outdate, how would that have changed your like mindset in prison? You know, like, mm. do you think you would have made it through? Because I guess right. I, I feel like if there's no no escape of it, if you know you're never getting out, like I'm, I, I find it, I struggle with the idea of even pushing through it. Right. <laughs> I guess. So, so this is actually, I'm going to, I'll dig into a little bit. This is just my personal thoughts on this situation, right? And this because this is what I felt. Um, and I'm going to give you both the examples of the two people that I just mentioned who dealt with that feeling, right? Of, having a life sentence over their head. And they dealt with it, in my mind, in completely different ways. Um, and that's my brother and two, right? And so my brother, man, my brother uh, never gave up hope, you know, and uh, my brother fought, bro, tooth and nail to get what he had coming. And um, literally, you know, like putting in motions, like he he did his homework, bro. He was in the law library. He He earned basically what he got. And, but he never gave up hope and he held on to who he was at heart. Like my brother, always really high spirited, you know, loves to laugh. We joke all the damn time. I've never laughed as hard with anybody as I laughed with my brother. And so he never changed that element of himself. And when I was with Toot, I felt like Toot calloused himself, man. I feel like he hardened his heart and, um, and it was his way of, of dealing with, in his mind, being content with spending the rest of his life in prison. I feel like Toot had reached that threshold where he just, he told himself, all right, don't get your hopes up, bro. You're never getting out of here again. It kind of changed him, bro. And I was with him, you know, and it was, you know, more often than not, he was a little crabby sometimes. And I, I knew him, like I grew up with the dude. So I, I, you know, you grew up with somebody like, you know, their, you know, their mannerisms, you know, you can tell when you walk up somebody, if they're having a shitty mood. And so, uh, you know, I could, I could read body language. Yeah. I just felt that from him, bro. I felt like it was, he was having rough days, you know, um, more, more, more rough days than good days. And then <clears throat> I remember talking to him when he first realized that, you know, having the potential to, 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 to come home or, or whatever it is, it, his voice just sounded different, you know, and, um, the spirit was like almost just back in him, bro. And it was, it was, it was my old friend you know, and, uh, he was back. And I think that's what that thought does to you. You know, that, that, uh, you can't escape that mentally. You can't escape that. And so when you don't have to worry about it, it changes you 
to not to to be back to who you are, so to speak. You know, um, mm-hmm. I feel like my brother didn't have to worry about it because he replaced that with hope. You know, my brother never felt like he was going to die in prison, and he fought like it. And so, two different ways. Both of them are blessed at this point. You know, obviously my 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 heart is happy, but just two different ways people deal with it. You know, and and uh, I've ran into a bunch of lifers, man. Bunch of people that are never getting out. Bunch of people that, you know, have been in forty years. Guys, the only thing they have is prison stories. I remember this dude, uh, Donnie Kennedy. He was like really, really famous, man. As far as like in the Federal Bureau of Prisons, because he was like linked up with the Mexican Mafia and the Aryan Brotherhood. I'd be he he liked to shoot pool, and I'd shoot pool with him. And and he every story, man, was. Man, I remember in 1980 in Long Park, or I was over here in Leavenworth, and it's, every story was just from in prison, bro. Like he never had a story to tell me about being in the street. You know, he had been down like 45 years or something. Just imagine that. You know, he ended up dying of, of cirrhosis of the liver while I was there. And um, but yeah, so I, I've I've had conversations with people, man, and and um, you know, you you be you be surprised, bro, about how. Easy it is sometimes to lift people's spirits that are going through shit like that, just to get them out of their own head. Sometimes it's it's not really as hard as it would seem. You know, I, just having a casual conversation with somebody like that is sometimes all it takes, bro. Because you know, let's just call it what it is, man. These dudes have been down that long, like they're a little weird, bro. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> like, like guys get weird, man. Guys get weird, weird tendencies in prison. It's really hard to to. <laughs> to not develop something, you know, I don't know what I developed, you know, throughout my time, but I'm sure there's probably some, you know, that institutionalized word, I guess is thrown around a lot, but it's more about just developing different habits that you, that you, that you do when you're alone, you know, cause that's really what it is, is everything's about being alone. Yeah. Like there's guys that are like OCD, they, the room or you can't have a hair on the floor and, you know, just it's, it's guys get really, really weird in prison. And so that's what happens, bro. When the 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 idea of never going home is is something that you're content with it you be you become that you become that that wherever you're at that environment you know you just live day to day i think that's a sad reality so do you, it, do you think they they become content with not ever getting out or are they just putting up a wall to survive the fact that they're never getting out of prison you well, that I mean? is their wall. That is their wall. Their wall is to become content because, yeah, just- because yeah, the wall is to become content because the, the alternative is hope and hope is dangerous because, you know, you, you can be let, let down. Yeah. You can yeah. be let down really, really hard, bro. And, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know about the different elements of depression or whatever that is. You know, I feel like uh, there's a lot. There's a lot more to be clinically said about depression these days than there ever was when I was growing up. As with anything, right? Like kids were hyper. That you know, that's that's just a normal thing, right? Now it's like every kid is going through depression or anxiety attacks and all that shit. And I don't know. So <clears throat> it, it, those those I just think about. Uh, it's a different type of different type of child, I guess. But but yeah, I don't know the elements of depression, bro. But I, I imagine it's it's probably something that. Once you've lost hope, I'm sure that sits in. And uh, I've, I've dealt with like big, like deep, you know, pits of of sorrow, you know, for sure, bro. I, I don't think I've ever allowed it to 
be shown outwardly because I, I was wasn't raised to do that. But inside, bro, I've dealt with a lot of pain. You know, I mean, 2005 was the worst year in my life. You know, with the exception of of my youngest son being born. You know, it, I lost my dad. You know, I was indicted, and, and essentially, I was indicted. I lost everything I knew. You know, the brothers were everything I knew. You know, my my kids were everything I knew. So yeah, the, you know, those 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 type of uh, those type of milestone moments in your life. You know, they can they can push you into some deep dark places. You know, so you know, once again, overall, we circle back and we just say, hey, man, like this question right here, like you know, you pose it to a kid. And they might be wild in that moment and say, yeah, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to be in prison for the rest of my life, but let them live a little bit. And I guarantee you, they wouldn't want to give up that freedom because that's ultimately what it is, bro. You, you, you become a slave to everything that you are. Well, that's it for the questions. And man, this, this episode did have a very somber feel to it. (laughs) It did. It did. It did. And that's why I wanted to kind of avoid it, you know, but I mean, the reality is like topics like this, you know, there, there's something that you have to address because I can't, you know, I can't um, use this platform to try to encourage, to, to push people away from, you know, the kind of lifestyle that, that I was living. And then at the same time, you know, hold out some of the key elements that, of how it affected my life, you know, because I've always kept it close to the vest because it it is, it's my kids, you know, but I think it's important that, I shed some light, you know, and that people can kind of get a little bit of a sneak peek of what I go through, you know, but yeah, I have to be able to, 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 to be that lead and be that example and and take accountability and say, Hey, listen, I'm going through the shit. So definitely know that this is one of the, the forks in the road, you know, like this is an outcome that could happen, right? There's so many different outcomes that could happen, right? In any one situation when it comes to this gang life bullshit. Um, But this is definitely one street that you could go on. Because like I said, bro, I mean, so many people are intertwined. I mean, even what, even like the, the conversation we had before about guys sleeping with guys, girls, like, you know what happens from that? Guys have kids. And now that's bad blood, you know, because it's like, yeah, man, this dude has a kid by my, my kid's mom or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? And that creates bad blood. And it's like, it's just a snowball effect, man. You know, it's it's like the, the toxicity just grows larger and larger and larger and, and it and it creeps into every element of your life. And just just think about after a while of all these sort of silent things happening that put a wedge between you and somebody else. Just think about how toxic some of the relationships you might have had within the gang were at a certain point in time. And you maybe you didn't even realize it or the other person didn't realize it. But I mean, I, there were, had to just been toxicness everywhere. People That's the key grudges. element. Bro, that's the key element that you just mentioned a hundred percent is that you didn't even realize that you had that. Mm-hmm. And um I, I didn't realize that I had that myself, you know, because I, I, I recognized myself as somebody who was, you know, I was I was I was the kind of guy that was how do you say it, man? I was a I was a party guy, you know, so it wasn't like I was um innocent in in my life. You know, I knew that I was I was playing a dirty game. And so when it happened to me, you know, I tried to I tried to take it on the chin in a sense like, damn, like this is a part of the game. Like you're playing a dirty game yourself. Like you got to be able to take that shit in stride. And that's what I told myself. But then at the same time, you know, who did it? It like kind of like blew my mind. And I was like, damn, man, like, is this, you know, like this is fucked up, you know, but but you just kind of keep going, bro. And then, 
you know, in these situations, I think back, like you, you're, you're masked by so many things, right? Like you're masked by, you're masked by alcohol and, and smoking weed and like your, your, your brain is clouded and you're not thinking clearly all the time. So aside from your decision-making, like your, your emotional uh, health is, is different, you know, how you feel about things and, and how you react to things. And, and mentally, bro, like in my situation, when I was that young, if I was level-headed, I should have knew right then to to end that relationship, right? But I didn't. And I allowed it to grow and become more toxic, you know, and then more toxicity, bred, you know, he was bred from that. And so it's like th- these decisions, bro, they just compound. The mistakes compound, you know, and there's there's never, there's nobody there to stop the bleeding because your your pride is too is too damn much for anybody to try to step in and help you. You know, because you don't want help. So you're stiff arming everybody. And it's like, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> What's, it's like, what right. the hell, what kind of, what kind of mess did I create? And, and I think you left off the part like, yeah, the problems between you and person B compound. But then on top of that, think of all the other person B becomes close friends with person C in the gang. Mention something that you did that person B is really upset at you for doing. And now person C kind of has a bad taste for you. And it, it just, I can just, it's kind of oh, like, yeah, 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 it's, it's kind of like we, we discussed with in the, the episode with going up to the Indian res- reservation where the gang spreads like weeds. Well, all of this animosity between gang members spreads like weeds throughout the gang as well. Please right, uh, you know, and and that's a good point, bro. Um, and it, it it actually it actually it brought another thought in my head, bro. Just about like even like going back to the you know bouncing back and forth like the dying in prison thing, bro. Like there's no such thing as a as a perfect Latin king, right? So I imagine there's no such thing as a perfect Spanish cobra or a perfect two one, right? And and the the greatest legends in these gangs are what they're either dead or they're in prison right like everybody else has either been pushed away at some point or walked away or became a drug addict or cooperated or whatever it is like and and then and then the ones that didn't do that you know they're not recognized for everything else you know and that's that's the that's the oxymoron in itself, bro, is you cannot be successful in the street, right? And and be in the street. <laughs> That's the crazy part is because you're not going to be recognized as anything, right? Like give you an example, like there's guys that were on our indictment, right? And they went and did time and they're out, right? And they're like, man, they did the indictment. Like these dudes stood up and this and this and that, but they're not known for nothing. You know, mm-hmm. they're not known for being a shooter or a hustler or anything like that. So they're just there, right? Because those guys that are known for some, what happens? They're either in prison for the rest of their life or they're dead. And so it's like, it's like you're, you're aspiring to be something that is not real. It's, it's unattainable. There's no, there's no legend. There's no, it's, you know, uh, it's a legend killer. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there's, it's, you're, you're never going to be, um, oh, yeah, just give you, you look, look at champ, look at champ, right? You're champ right now. He's facing this damn indictment. You know, who knows what happens, you know, or maybe he beats it. You know, I, I always, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I was kind of still secretly root for somebody to get a second chance, you know, but, but, um, but if he doesn't look, man, his life is pretty much over, you know, and, and he's going to be known as what he's going to be known as a legend. Right. But people take away shit from him. People are never like, yo, he was a shooter or this and that, like he was a fighter and he was a solid guy, you know, and now he's doing years and years in prison. And what is that? What is that? Right. Like, what is that? What does that breed? Um, none of these guys that, that hold them on this high pedestal are going to be doing anything for them, you know, and, and, and have had the chance, they probably, 
sleep with his girl, right? To 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 piggyback to that. So that's how it goes, bro. Like that's how these things go, you know. Um, I really want to bring up somebody that you know, he, person, you know, he he stood up, you know, cooperate didn't cooperate, none of that, and he got locked up, and and the guys that were still active slept with his girl, you know, and it's like this dude stood up, you know, like mm-hmm. this dude. He he wasn't he didn't cooperate like he was in good standings, like damn man like that's the one thing, you know and and it's like uh, it's disgusting bro because that's that's a, that's that's really what happens bro and 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 you're right though when you talk about the the dynamic of between the relationships because that happens all the time bro like I told you even within 19th Street and within every within every sect there's always groups within groups you know and they talk. You know, and they talk about like what different guys do. Like, hey, man, this dude don't be doing shit or man, this dude, you know, and in the instance you're talking about, oh, hey, yo, he slept with this dude's girl and damn, man, he's a piece of shit, you know, or whatever, you know, like it, it um, you know, or it goes the other way, you know, or or dudes would be like, man, she's a tramp, you know, and it's it, that's that's like, uh, that's common, bro. It's, it's it, so you're 100% right. Those little underlying thoughts about people, they are definitely you know, they, they matriculate, you know, throughout, especially if a guy has a good name, right. Especially if a guy has like a, a solid impact on everybody. Like I was a pretty good dude, you know, like, you know, I was a pretty good dude with the guys that I, that I was around. So, you know, nobody had no ill feelings towards me. So it was like, they were all on my side. Like, damn, that's, that's bogus, you know, but at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. You're gonna, so. Yeah. And I think one of the things you, you said right there was, um, you talked about the end of the road. You want to be what? What happens? You become a famous gang member. Well, that's going to entail that you're either going to be dead or in jail. But and if you don't become that, then you get nothing from this lifestyle. So when it's all said and done, when you think about it, what's the point? <laughs> like, right. what good can possibly come from this? Like, when you say I want to join a gang, what are you really trying to accomplish? Because it, it doesn't seem like there's anything to gain from it. Right. And and here's a parallel, right? It's like it's like the saying like if you're a hero you can be a hero long enough to become the villain. And 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 that's kind of what it is. Like um but like in a reverse way. You know, like guys that are kings for a long enough time, they start to get and if they they make it through like without, you know, going out on bad terms, like it's like they start to get scrutinized. It's like people start to look for things to to scrutinize them about you know even though they've they've had uh, a long standing you know relationship with the with the with the brotherhood you know people start to be like oh well this dude or i heard he did this or you know what i mean it just it's never like genuine love you know um as much as that it's professed to be you know and 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 like i said man i've i've been a part of those conversations you know i've uh, you know i know what it's like now, I always bring this one up because it's it's mind boggling to me, man. Guys can put in work. Think about this. Guys can put in work for 10 years, put in work and just never get caught. Or or if they do get caught, do a little bit of time and then they get out and say something happens to them because they're older and then they go to the doctor and now they got to take pain pills and then they get strung out on pain pills. And it's just like everything that they ever worked for all them years, that means nothing now, mm-hmm. you know, because they become an addict or, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so it's like, what are you really acquiring bro what accolades are you really are you really achieving bro there's nothing there though there's nothing it's 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 a facade it's not a it it's not a brotherhood that it's professed to be because if it was then the shit wouldn't be happening it's happening you know because we've been through this before like just the 
the representation of what the manifesto is is not that. So that's how I see it. All right. Well, one more one more thing before we have to wrap this episode up. I did. I am going to work on it. And by the time this episode does come out, this I'm going to take a picture snapshot of this uh, application. And I'm going to post it onto our website, which many people probably don't even realize we have a website. But um, so I will get this posted so people can see the actual application that Berto designed. And you can check that out at normalizedcrime.com. So, yep. do you have anything else, Berto, you want to throw in there before we wrap her up? Nope, that's good. That was a good one. All right. Well, with that, we thank everybody for tuning in. As always, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash normalized crime. Uh, if you have any email comments you want to send our way, normalizedcrime at gmail.com, and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.